I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse, a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that can make us all be encouraged, want to hear what makes these women passionate and get up in the morning or what they wish that they'd known earlier in life. Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. Today I have with me Tori Applegate. I'm so excited to get to meet you and to find out who you are and what kind of uh, ventures you have going. So welcome, Tori. Thanks. Hi. Hi. Okay, let's get rolling. Tori, if somebody were to ask you who you are, both personally and professionally, how would you answer that? Um... Well, I don't like to define myself by putting myself in a box, um, but I'm a person that likes challenges and I'm generally jug- juggling about six different things. So um, I, you will never get bored with what I have going on because it's always changing. Okay. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's kind of fun. So what do you do professionally? I, I know that you have your hands in a couple of different projects, but what are you pretty much, um, what, what gets you up in the morning and you have to, to either clock in for or show up for? Um, my day job right now is hair. So I do hairstyling every day, five days a week right now. So that's my day job. How'd you get into that? Did you grow up playing with hair? Um, on- not really. Um, it's, it's kind of weird. I, it's not like your average, you know, I don't know. I feel like you talk to most hairstylists and like they played with dolls or they, I don't know, they just really liked hair. They're like very like artsy and creative. And, um, it wasn't that for me. It was of like very reasonable reasons, you know, like, um, after my parents got divorced, uh, whenever I was 11, like, I don't know, my dad, um, he hung out at this hair shop as I got a little older. And so I would just go there with him. And, um, I had this one girl that just, she was always really nice to me and she did my hair and she was cool, you know? And, um, and I just thought it was neat how they could just do hair, but then kind of just hang out, you know, it just seemed like they made good money and like their schedule was a little flexible. And if they needed to like leave and go do an errand, they could do that. And so, um, I was just like, man, I think this would be really cool. Like, I think I would like this, you know? So I just, uh, you know, I tried to get my mom to let me train under one of the ladies there, but I was like 15 and she was like, absolutely not. Um, you need to graduate school. And I was like, okay, you know, but I could just do it at home, you know? And she was just, you know, we fought, we're like very similar personality types. So, um, yeah. And then, um, as I got older, um, like I ended up homeschooling high school anyway. And then I was done at like 17 and I went to hair school. So, um, 
you know, I just wanted to make good money and have a flexible schedule, which, you know, now where I work, the schedule isn't so flexible, <laughs> especially since COVID, but you know, that's okay. Yeah. That made a big difference for a lot of people in your industry, uh, the restrictions. And so how did you manage that? And, and not just physically manage it, but how do you emotionally manage it? Dealing with like COVID and, yeah, and all and the having changes. to change up. Yeah. Um, it's been challenging, honestly, you know, a lot of people don't think about it, but, um, you know, in doing hair, like, you know, I don't know, you deal with people's like vanity and like their fragility as a person sometimes, like a lot of times that's where people go to kind of like, I don't know, like air their laundry or just vent or, you know, like they kind of expect you to like help them feel better. You know what I mean? Um, you got to deal a lot with, with that, with people. I mean, everybody was depressed, you know? Um, so that made it really challenging, I think, um, in dealing with that. It was hard for me. So um, personally, I last July, I bought a lot of um, like gym equipment, like garage gym equipment. And I, I started working out a lot more just to put that somewhere because, you know, it doesn't it doesn't leave you. Um, I think I'm like somewhat of an empath in that way where it's just I I don't mean to, but I take on other people's stuff. And um, I think that's part of just, I mean, mo most, uh, you know, hairstylist types, I, I think you do because you, you care about your clients and, you know, they're like your friends that you every, you see every six, eight weeks, you know what I mean? So um, it, it's hard to um, watch people shift in their life and, and, you know, I don't know, just, just have a little bit of uh, miserableness, like clinging to them the whole time. So it's been challenging, but it, it also has been, I feel like we're at the light of the end of the tunnel now with that. Um, I see like in 2021, there's been a huge shift. Um, times where we normally would be a, a little more slow, we're, we're not slow at all. Um, people are putting a lot more into their self care and um, just like treating themselves better, which I think is really interesting. Um, which I've found that I've done that too. You know, I'm spending more time and money going to, you know, go get a massage or go get a facial or, you know, just go get out and go do something for myself. So I think that's like really interesting that, um, that everybody's doing it. But quite frankly, I feel like, um, you know, having, you know, six to eight weeks to sit at home and contemplate your life. Uh, I think a lot of people, really got the time that they never would have had to um to look at their life and go am i happy here you know and i think after that a lot of people decided that they weren't and they made a lot of changes and um you know so a lot of places are understaffed right now because so many people at one time shifted in their careers or in, in their job fields um so a lot of uh a lot of spots are left um, I mean, you see help wanted signs everywhere, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's how it is here in Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, I, you want to say part of it is because of the, you know, people getting unemployment and stuff like that. But I, I really think a, a huge piece of it is just that people decided, you know, this is not what I wanted and they actually were bold enough to move on from it. So, um, 
So everywhere's like that. We even had people at our salon that, you know, they, they left, they decided they wanted something else and, you know, or they, or they had a baby, quarantine babies, you know, and that, that made them shift their life around. So it's been really interesting just overall um, from like, like watching it as far as like people's minds, my mind, you know, and just like all the, the shifting around of uh, the jobs and stuff. It's been very, very interesting. But yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really hard, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I know that it impacted you personally, but, it, but I really hadn't thought about the fact of all the other lives. And if you do have the, the personality to take on others, then, then that really could be a field. Um, I think that a lot of times hairstylists, hair salons, barbershops, they're kind of like the bar everybody can go to and and they can talk yes they can talk and Absolutely. and if you don't if you aren't a talker you can go and you can listen and hear so much and if it's really in a community then it it makes you feel part of that community so that's that's a fascinating perspective um yeah absolutely so mm -hmm. you you talked about self-care and and people you know doing more of that now you see that in other areas besides the salon because you're a little bit in that um, jujitsu community and and you've done some apparel design and, and things like that. And so talk to me about that side of who you are. Um, yeah, I've definitely noticed um, like in, so I train at 10th Planet Atlanta. Um, my husband is the instructor there and um i've definitely noticed you know we've had a lot more people coming in and and signing up since all of this you know i think people just want a place to train um and i think while everything was still kind of weird with the restrictions where you had to wear a mask everywhere i think people just wanted a place to come where they could just be a normal human being and you know and and not deal with the mask because i mean i don't know some places were training uh with that but I mean, I don't know. I think you're just asking for a staph infection on the face whenever you do that because you sweat so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I train uh, like three days a week now. And um, that's probably the least that I've ever trained. But, you know, I I work more now than I've ever worked. And, you know, I, I like like you said, I have a lot of projects going on. So um I always have time, you know, taken up with other things, but you know, you just got to put your full focus in whenever you are there. Yeah. So how'd you get started in, into that type of exercise to start with? And, and, um, and you mentioned, uh, clients online. So are you doing some training with people online as well? Or, um, is um that something you no, I, I don't, I don't do any training online, you know, I have thought about trying to pick a path to go that way before, but you know, building, building, um, something online takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication. So, um, I have my apparel company ever legendary and, um, you know, even that I have help with, I'm not the singular person that's taking care of that. So, um, you know, uh, that's like my one online baby, my one thing. Yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah. talk, talk to me about Ever, Ever Legendary. How did it come to be? What is it? Um, who wears it? Um, Ever Legendary. Um, so I competed for a long time. So I've been doing jujitsu now, like eight, eight, eight and a half years. Um, I am a brown belt. Um, you know, so, so I've been in it for a long time. And um, throughout that, for like the first six years or so, I competed a lot. Um, you know, I was like every eight weeks, six weeks, I had something. We were going somewhere. We're driving to Houston. We're doing this. We're doing that. Um, back when I had a more flexible hair schedule, um, I could move my schedule around and just go. Um, so we would. We'd run a Prius and we would just go wherever. And there was a lot of us that competed. So um, anyway, so through that, you know, I, I wore a lot of different gear um, sponsored by a couple of different companies. And, um, you know, a, as I've gone along, the women's jujitsu has cha uh, changed a lot, the scene, um, since I started. And, um, at the time there was just like only a few women like based companies, only a few, um, companies that made gear for women. And, you know, whenever you look at gear, generally there's kind of a specific like vibe that you get from it. Like it could be very like loud and bright, like fun, like really punches you in the face with the design. Um, and a, a, a lot of the designs that I was seeing that, you know, they're very loud or very um, busy, lots of patterns. Um, I don't know. Like I just, I got over that 25 hump and I was just like, man, like I really want to wear some stuff that makes me feel like really just like classy and just sleek stuff, you know? Um, and I wanted stuff that wasn't going to be see-through, you know, in the leggings department, that's kind of a big deal. You compete a lot. And like a lot of times I would look back at like pictures of me that were taking during tournaments. And I'm just like, man, I'm so glad I wore my modest underwear because you can really see it. <laughs> You know, um, so a lot of different motivations, but overall, you know, I just wanted some really like, um, classically clean designs and, um, I wanted to offer some gear that was, you know, stretchy and really moved with you. And, you know, whenever you hit that time of month, it doesn't like squeeze your guts out, you know, because it's so tight that, you know, there's just no give to the fabric. Um, so that's what we have now, you know? Wow. So leggings were kind of like our start and um, they're still kind of like the main like bread and butter and the main concern of the company. We have rash guards and, um, you know, like streetwear and other things, but um, leggings definitely will always kind of be our heart. So, wow. Now that's a whole industry that you had to kind of dive into and learn to even make buying choices. So was it like a self-taught? You just yeah. kind of dive in and learn through hard knocks yeah pretty much i mean it's trial and error you know what i mean it's it is it's a lot trying to find different manufacturers and um you know the right quality of gear that you're looking for you know i mean there's a lot to that side yeah it's you know once you once you got it it's done and you just don't think about it 
you can more, you know, yeah. you can avoid it. Do you it. have to resource so. frequently or, um, or did you see, have you seen, you, you've been doing this for how many years now? Um, a little over three, I think. So have you had to resource and, and do you have yeah. to travel to find your manufacturers or is it a phone call kind of deal or how, how do you, how do you do it? Yeah, it's more online and phone calls and stuff like that. I don't have a lot of time to leave, you know? So I started, um, I started dealing with all of that stuff like before I moved here to Atlanta. And then after I got here, it's just kind of been, uh, it's been crazy. So I'm glad I kind of got all that handled before mm -hmm. I left and moved here. And so how do, how do people find, um, the brand now? Um, you can find us on Instagram at everlegendary. Um, you can find us on the internet at, um, everylegendary.com. Um, you can find it through any one of the sponsored girls, um, Anna, Joani, uh, Emma, um, like, I mean, any of the girls that are sponsored by us, Alex, Faye, they, they all have a link on their profile for that stuff. Yeah. So, um, lots of different So ways, is that yeah. the best way for marketing, um, apparel like this is to, to go through that sponsorship? Um, of seeing people really use it? Um, yes and no. Like, I feel like absolutely you want to see people like wearing your gear. Um, but also, you know, I mean, I just want to sponsor some hardworking girls, you know, like I moved up here to Atlanta and, um, you know, I knew Alex and Faye for, a long time competed against Alex like eight or nine times, you know, and um, I got to know Anna and Joanny and Emma and all that whenever I got here. And, um, you know, they all, you know, they're all into kind of like different things. Not all of them are necessarily like super hardcore into jujitsu. Maybe they do some other stuff too, you know, but like they all work hard in their individual thing. And um, I appreciate that, you know, it's nice to see women like really um striving to get what they want you know um now i feel like instagram really is the best um form of marketing personally uh, i just feel like it's all pictures you know and so it's like really come up in the game um you know it's marketing is hard you know it's challenging so you Changes. know i'm i'm kind of like more on the the long game right now it does. It changes a lot, you know, so that's, <clears throat> I've had my brand for a long time and will be around for a long time. And I'm not one of those companies where I'm, you know, like we're not all about the money and we're not all about like pushing super hard for like, you know, like the sales goals and the, and the growth and stuff like that. It's not really about that for me. Um, I never started the company with that in mind like i was like i'll probably never quit my day job you know but like if i did that would be cool you know but um no it, it was more of having like an umbrella like for other things that i want to do later if possible you know it's more about just building that brand name so that 
you know, it's something that people like know and trust and, you know, they see the sponsored girls. They like know kind of like who we are. We've been around and, um, you know, that way later, if I want to do some really cool stuff or like put on some tournaments or something like that, um, I have kind of a name to shoot that out of, I guess, if if that makes sense. And and it's the whole mindset that you seem to be talking about of, um, you know, there are stories with people, there are stories with the, the girls that are wearing your brand. There are lots of different avenues within the whole structure. So, so I, I think that that's very admirable. Right. And the long game, too often you see people trying to play a fast game and, and it just fizzles out. So yeah. It, it doesn't give them what they want except for that yeah. quick little spark and then it's gone. Yeah. Anybody that's ever owned a business, you know, it's, it's about the long game. It's never about the short game. Like I, I definitely would say, you know, anytime you want to pursue something on a, on a business level, you know, three years is a very short minimum five years is going to be more like the average to see any real success from anything. Um, you know, like this isn't like my first thing. Um, my husband and I ran, uh, we started and ran the BJJ box. Um, and then I sold it. Uh, because I made numerous mistakes and, but they were learning mistakes that got me to where I am now. Um, but we learned a lot from that, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's a business that's like still running. Like, it's cool to see that it's like still doing like really, really good, but it was just, you know, we started it and it grew way too fast and, you know, we weren't ready. We didn't lay everything out. We didn't really think it through when we started it. We were just like, oh, here's this cool idea. We're just going to go for it. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> there's a lot more that goes into this stuff. You know what I mean? You got to be patient and calculated with the way that you do things. Otherwise, you know, it, you know, it could, things could blow up really fast and that could be great unless you're not prepared. Then it could be a terrible disaster, you know, or it could be like a really slow growth type of thing. And, um, you know, honestly, like for my brand, that's more what I'm going for is, is, uh, just like slow overall growth over time. It's a lot more, uh, e- easier to deal with right, in, in my opinion. Right. Well, it's interesting that you say that it's not really mistakes, but you're learning, you learn from them. So is that kind of the, how you handle your businesses and you, you take something from each experience and, and you're able to, to kind of ingest that and then put out something better is that kind of your approach yeah absolutely yeah i think um i mean i think there's something to learn in everything you know i mean i think if you dwell on you know things and mark them with uh negative criticism such as you know the word mistake or you know just you're kind of cynical of yourself and how you did things um well, then you're not going to look at the the good stuff that came out of it. You know, um, life is like very much a journey and everybody's is very individual. And, um, you know, it, you're not going to be good at anything immediately. You know what I mean? Like in doing jujitsu, that's one thing that that has taught me. I mean, sometimes it's going to take you thousands of tries to get something until you really get it right and you're really good at it you could suck at it for years you know what I mean like I feel like on the mat you know anything that I try it really takes me a good two years to go from 
really bad to pretty good at, at anything that I really give like a lot of effort and time, you know? So, um, I think whenever you do things in your life, that's the same way. And you just want to try to use each thing as kind of like a stepping stone to the next thing. Um, and I think that will help you in all of your next ventures as well as just to develop your character. Um, you know, I, I read a lot of books. Um, I wish, I wish I had known all the stuff that is really just available to you um, before I had started like some of our initial business ventures because I would have been a lot more prepared. It's really cool to read what other people have done and, and hear other stories and, um, you know, kind of go off that. Um, but now since then, you know, I mean, since we had that, the BJJ box and it, you know, it, you know, it didn't really like fail. I just made some critical errors where it was like, okay, I need to get out of this right now, you know? Um, and in doing that though, I learned so much. And so when I opened my next thing, you know, um, and it was like my thing, you know, it went from like me and Sean having our thing. And it's like, all right, now it's like my solo thing. Um, I, I, I was like, I can't make the same mistakes that I did there, you know? Um, but I learned from them. So it was all a win, you know, it was all worth it. I do it all yeah. over again. You know, I, I think without that, it's just, how do you develop? That's you know? very true. So how did you decide that you wanted to compete? Like in, in the jujitsu, I mean, you can walk on the mat and, and I've heard a lot of people say that jujitsu itself goes into every aspect of life. It, it just makes every part of your life better, fuller. You're able to take some of the principles that you learn on the mat and apply to life. And you've mentioned a couple of those along the way, but how did you decide to compete? I mean, that's a pretty tough environment to be in and, and you're creating businesses along the way. So the time that it takes to be a competitor sometimes can sideline your other passions and interests. So how'd you make that choice? Um, some of these things that have happened aren't necessarily like, like long thought out choices. It's just like a decisive moment. You know what I mean? Um, so I started competing before any of that came along. Uh, at the time it was just like, I was 19. I'd been married a year. Sean was teaching. We were starting to build this team of like really cool people. You know, I was like, have been doing hair like a year, you know, um, like everything was like super new. It was like in its baby form. So, um, I think I started competing like after I had been training, like maybe six months. Um, and it was more just because we had a big group of people and they were all going to do that, you know? So I was like, well, I'm part of the team, you know? And I, I will say like being a woman, um, I think there was like one other girl, um, that started training with me at the time. And, uh, you know, we, we decided we were going to do that together and we trained for it together. But when I first started, it, it was very confusing for me. You know, I was like newly married and I was like, didn't really know any women that did jujitsu for the first little bit. I was like very confused by it. Um, 
And, you know, so at first I just thought I had to train with girls. I mean, it, it sounds super weird to say that now, but, um, like I just, I thought that was like the right thing to do. I didn't know if it would be appropriate to train with men. And quite frankly, it scared me because a lot of the guys that we had were like super ripped up like MMA dudes. And that was scary. You know, um, I was like a lot smaller of a person back then. Um, so I was like, that's terrifying. So I would just wait for like any girl that, you know, came in the gym and would try to just, you know, go with her. And, um, but I finally got a steady partner and then, you know, we trained a lot together. And after that, you know, we both decided that we were going to compete and we got ready for it. But you know what? I tell you after, um, I think it was like our second tournament we went and these two sisters showed up and they were like 180 and 200. And I had cut to one oh my. 20, I think for that tournament, like I only a few pounds. It wasn't a real cut. I didn't know what yeah. the cut was back then. So, you know, it was just a couple of pounds. But I fought this girl that was like 200 pounds. And it was after that, me and my one teammate, we got our ass kicked, you know? I was so mad. And I said, that's it. We're going with the boys. I'm done with this. I'm never losing like this again, you know? And so that's what we did after that. But, you know, I got, man, I got so mad at that tournament. I was, I showed my ass that Sean had to tell me to calm down. I threw my mouth guard across the room. I was a terrible sport. But I was so upset because I was like, I worked so hard and I cut all this weight for this. And then there's not even any girls my size, you know, but I didn't know at the time. You see now, I mean, you know, now I know there's less of us. So you can't expect to show up and and there be an exact person right. your size, you know, but it's funny now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you lasted through it. So, well, that kind of brings me to something else. Um, Tori, you pretty much have grown up married. And so you've had a, a balance that you've had to kind of um, put in there and, and kind of learn as you're going. Uh, what's, what's marriage like? What's that been like for you and, and in, in y'all's partnerships, both off the mat, on the mat? Um, it's been really good, you know, um, some people say being married is easy if you do it right. And I agree and disagree with that. Um, you know, I think it's something that you always have to put work into. Um, I don't know. We got married before jujitsu. So some people like will ask, like, did you guys meet doing jujitsu? We didn't. We met before that. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think it's been awesome. Um, I think it's cool to kind of always have that anchor, you know? Um, it's, you know, marriage is, uh, it's, it's tough sometimes. It's easy sometimes. It's give and take, you know, it's nice to always have a partner that's there for you. And, um, you know, especially us getting married so young, uh, you get to kind of see each other develop into like who you're going to be, which I think is really cool. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of things about each other that, you know, I mean, a lot of people just will never, never know. Cause they just were not there for that piece of your life. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's cool. And me and Sean just celebrated our 10th anniversary this month. Um, and you know, we've been together like 12 years. So, you know, it's, it's a huge piece of my life, you know? Um, but it's been awesome. We've got to, um, 
you know, I've got to see him come up in his jujitsu journey um, all the way, like from white to black belt and help him get there. And, you know, it, it's been really cool because um, like we get to kind of like take turns with uh, like building each other up. You know what I mean? So a lot of people, if they're like a single person, you know, they don't have like that opportunity to kind of have somebody go like, here, let me help you take that step up. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of by yourself, like just tackling things, you know? So for us, it's like, you know, I went to hair school. I was graduated from hair school, like right at 18. I got married right after that. Um, you know, and then like his stuff didn't work out for what he was wanting to go to school for. Um, they pulled the program, you know, we're from like a smaller area. So it was like, he wasn't about to move away and try to like go to school for that. I mean, I don't even think he really liked what he was going to do anyway. I think he just was like trying to make a smart choice, you know, but then he decided he wanted to do jujitsu. And um, I think it was really neat because like, I already kind of had my thing going on and, you know, he could kind of just like work part time and like start to pursue that. And, um, you know, but like, because of that, like we've been able to kind of like the beginning of our life, like really live simple and, um, I got to see him like come up through the ranks and be able to like travel. And, um, he's such a like fast learner and he's just got like a very, um, unique approach and like the way that his brain just like breaks things down. I've, I've, I just, I don't know anybody else really, even in the jujitsu community that, um, kind of approaches things like in the manner that he does. So I always knew he would succeed, you know, so supporting, supporting him in that venture was never like hard as far as like should I should I do it you know what I mean um but it's been cool because like we've gone back and forth where it's like okay like you know we moved to Atlanta and it was like it took me a while to figure out where I was gonna work and where I was gonna be um you know doing hair and and I really wanted to up my education so that you know we moved to a bigger city and I wanted to try like working in the city for a while and um you know and like he supported me in that and and, you know, like it was my turn to go and do like 20 hair color classes and travel and like, you know what I mean? So it's like really nice because, you know, like through everything, we've always been able to kind of take turns and help each other like progress our path, even though our paths are, are different and they're very like separate in a, in a way. Um, you know, you also find ways to tie that together. And I think that like by definition is like a good marriage. Like you have your own paths and your own things that you're pursuing, but you find a way to weave your life into that other person's life and, and help them like be a better them. Definitely. You know what I mean? So being married has been awesome. I don't know what would happen if something happened and I became single. It just sounds terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd live yeah. alone with my dogs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I made the comment the other night with, with oh. my husband, Tom, that it's like, you know, if something happens to you, I'm not doing this again. And it's not that it, this hasn't been great. It's just yeah, all that you put into it, all that you have um, invested and yes. created to do that again, just sounds daunting and not yeah. even fun to me so um well and it's just who could who could right, hold a light right. to it you know what i mean who could even like scratch scratch the surface of all that you have yeah. with this person it's um it's it's hard to even think that you could ever compare it to anything ever again so it really is but i'm very curious because you seem like you 
kind of hit the ground running with mutual respect. So where'd you get that? How, what, what put that within you to start with? Um, it's hmm. a very good question. I suppose, I think that we just always, not like necessarily like knew what we wanted, but I don't know. I think it's like maybe our approach to things. Um, I don't know. Like Sean's learning process. I don't know. He always kind of reminded me of like my brother, like my brother would like, I don't know. He would like want to learn something and he would get on YouTube and just like power obsess over it and order the things and build things or whatever. And then like, before you knew it, he was a master of building and flying little helicopters or something. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I think, I think part of it is that, you know, it, it's wild to think. Cause like, you know, from being teenagers to, being adults, you're so different, you know, like when I met Sean, like he was super into skateboarding and like surfing and, you know, I mean, he still loves those things, you know, but he was like playing guitar and um, he was in this band and they were going to like make it big and, you know, and they did, they got offered a contract to sign, but you know, he wanted to stay here and we wanted to start a life together. So I don't know, like he just, I guess he always just really applied himself. So, um, you know, and that's me looking back now. I was never conscious of any of this stuff, you know, as like a you know, young girl person. Um, but I mean, looking back, I think he always just really applied himself to like whatever he was into at the time, you know, and he always was really good at it. He was really good at guitar. He was really good at skateboarding. He wanted to become like better at videoing skateboarding. He got really good at that and like video editing. Um, you know, he was pretty good at surfing. Like I felt like he could have picked any path and been really successful. And I always thought that was really awesome. You know, um, me, like I knew I wanted to do hair since I was like 15, you know, like, I think my thing is just like, I'm a very hard worker and, you know, I grew up in a, you know, single family home and my mom worked like super hard. And I, I was like the oldest kid that was at home through that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so like I always helped my mom and I had to learn to grow up kind of quick. And, um, you know, I was always a really hard worker because she was always a really hard worker. And I was like, in a way, parent number two, trying to help her, you know? So um, I think because of kind of how like I was raised and because of like what I had to help with, um, you know, I think that made me, and I've had to like kind of ease back on it, but like very like future obsessed in a way. Um, like I want a good life for me and my family. I want, you know, like I just saw how hard my mom struggled, you know, and um, like she, she really did her best. I mean, she, she killed it raising us, you know, at the end. And, um, but it was like really hard for her financially to budget and, you know, just like also try to look after us and, also try to make sure that we were like good, you know, um, like that we were doing okay, like mentally as what, you know what I mean? She was working so hard to try to like provide for us physically. She was just like exhausted all the time. And I just always thought, you know, like 
I don't want my life to be like this. Like, I don't think this is fair for my mom that this happened and that her life is like this, you know? So for me, I was like, I never want that to happen to us. Like whoever us is like my family, my household, whoever is like in my care. Like, I don't want this to be our life. I don't want to struggle so hard. And it's not that when you're in your beginning of your twenties, you don't struggle. Cause let me tell you, if you do it right, you do. But, um, you know, I always was trying to figure out like, how do I make this work for us, you know, in the future so that we can, we can not work so hard at some point, you know what I mean? And I mean, I'm still working on that plan. Don't get me wrong. I'm working really hard. Um, but you know, I think, I think between the both of us, you know, being younger, maybe you don't know what you see at the time, but I think that we're just really compatible in that way. Like we build off of each other, you know, so I don't know. We've always worked really well together with that, you know, and, and with the years, I mean, as you know, you've been married a long time, you know, come more understanding of the person and how that they work and, um, you know, just sometimes you feel like they know you better than you do. I can come home and Sean can look at me and just know, he yeah. can just know, yeah. you know? Um, and I, I think that makes things a little easier. It does. We've been blessed in the times of when it's, it's not, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but if he's, if Tom's having a bad day, I probably am too. And so we figured out, all right, I'm going to ease back into home because you probably had a rough day because I did. So you, you kind of get that give and right. take a little yeah. bit of taking care of one another when the, when the other one can't quite get all the way through what, what they're trying to accomplish. Um, you said something about um, trying to ease back a little bit on the future life, you know, thinking, how do you ease back? How do you do that mentally? And, and maybe that's where <laughs> I'm hitting of you don't, but but what do you take some conscious steps? Um, for me, like this was something that I realized, like, you know, sitting at home for yeah. eight weeks last year. Um, I, I try to fill every space and I have always been like that. And I have stressed myself out and, and I have gotten some great things done because of it. But also, you know, I, I don't have, I have no chill as people would say. Um, so when I was sitting at home, like, let me tell you about my quarantine. Okay. So I sat at home the first couple of weeks and I, I tried to do things, you know, I was like getting on my Spanish lessons again. Cause I hadn't done those since I moved up to Atlanta. So I was like, let me start that again. This is a great time. I'll do that. You know, I watched a little TV. We went hiking like a lot. Um, you know, but a certain point like that gets old. So like within a matter of weeks, I was just like, you know what? Cause I'm like really into like real estate investing. That's now I haven't done it yet because I like to be very, very planned out with things after all the things that I have done. Right. Um, but like, that's my whole like end, end goal and, and plan for pretty much everything that I do now is to try to work up to that because that's the base plan for the rest of my plans. So, you know, um, so I'm like, you know what, I've thought about it and I think this would be good with my future plans. Like I'm going to try to get my real estate license. And so I found a course online and I started just hammering away just hours a day at this like real estate license course. And the material is not easy. 
Like, it's not fun. It's a lot of new vocabulary you've never heard of. Um, it, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. And, and I, in a matter of three weeks, I got through like 70% wow. of the course. Um, yeah. And then I panicked because I was just like, maybe this wasn't what I wanted. Cause this is what I do. I realized, I realized about five weeks in, I was just like, Oh my God, like, this is what I do to myself, you know? Um, which it's fine. Since then I picked it back up again. I finished it, passed it, you know, and very soon, like I'll be licensed. I'm at the end of it. But, um, <laughs> but that's just me. Like I, I just, I just hammer into things so hard that I exhaust myself. Um, and so I realized after that, you know, I'm like, man, like I really should have allowed myself rest because I don't allow myself very much rest, you know? Um, so since then, obviously that was a year ago. Now, you know, I started allowing myself just things that are a break, you know, maybe they wouldn't necessarily be a break to other people, but to me, they're a mental break. So, you know, I'll read books that are for fun. Now, some people may be like, well, normal people do that. And it's like, yeah, but I didn't allow myself to do that for years because I felt like if I wasn't reading a book or listening to an audio book or a YouTube video or something that was progressing me as a person where I was learning, like I constantly needed to be learning, you know, about like just different yeah. things, you know, like investing in, in real estate was huge. I've listened to hundreds of hours of things. Um, that like I, I would feel guilty if I tried to listen to anything or, or do something, you know, like just watch TV, stuff like that. Um, so I had to get over that, um, which was hard. That was That's a hard big. thing for me that is because big. I, it, because yeah. I would feel so guilty, you know, and it, and it's, it's silly, you know, um, but that's just what, you know, years of kind of being in that mode, um, did to me. So now, you know, I, I go more by how I feel on that day. You know, do I feel like I want to be learning something today? I'm always reading like five or six books at a time. You know, I got a couple of books for fun. I got a couple of different things that are learning, but you know, I mean, I may not want to learn about this one thing today. That may sound terribly exhausting. So I'll listen to something else. Like I need to pick stuff that's going to lift me up instead of like grinding through things all the time. So that was a big epiphany for me that really has changed my life and um, just like my everyday mentality to be a little more positive, you know, in, in that way. That's huge. So you really came out of uh, the quarantine with a pretty big challenge for yourself that, that can be ongoing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I understand because a, a lot of times when you're working so hard to get to the goals those are habits that's a habit forming of how you think and how you work and the play just gets lost in it when you when you are goal driven um so what what would you tell that 12 year old tori what what advice would you give her um I don't know. I don't think I would change anything, you know, honestly. Um, like, I like the way that things have turned out, you know? I like that. I think that at the beginning, things were hard, but, like, I think they were supposed to be hard, you know? 
I think that, I mean, like, I do wish that, um, you know, I had like a little bit more of like a brotherly sisterly relationship with my siblings. But, you know, I, I think that also too, just comes with being the oldest sibling. Like you're, you're, you're like, like a different type of figure. You know what I mean? Maybe you're not like a parent, but like they look up to you and like, they want you to be proud of things that they do and um, stuff like that. So you're not really ever on like an equal playing field. You know what I mean? Um, but that's okay. I mean, I feel like me and my mom have that more. I know that sounds like weird, but it's like once I got old enough to where I could drink a beer with my mom, I'm like, yeah, we're <laughs> cool. Like <laughs> we're really similar. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you started yeah. off talking about the, the fact that you had similar personalities. So does that uh, kind of, can you find grace there along the way with her because of the similar personalities? You can see some of it in yourself of the driven nature and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I get a lot of that from her. Um, it's funny. You look at it now and it's like, like me and my brother, are like very much like my mom, my sister is definitely kind of like her own, her own thing for sure. But, um, we're very much like my mom just cause she just like puts her mind to it and works really hard. And, but also too, I think just coming up in that where it's just, just single family home. Um, you know, I think it, I think it changes your, I don't know, like how you're wired a little bit. Um, you know, Sean came up in like kind of a single family home too, like, you know, at different times, de you know, de depending. Um, but, you know, I think that, I think that just changes things. Yeah. I mean, necessity changes of, of the responsibilities and how the load is and, and, and all of that. I, th I think we all can, kind of look back in our lives and see some of the things that, that had to happen just because of circumstance, whether it was, you know, whether it was single family home or, or the amount of income I, in my own family, we're two different families. My, yeah. my older siblings had a whole different socioeconomic status than the later three. And so that changed our life. That changed the yeah. choices that changed the, opportunities um and so it's and and there's nothing you could do about any of it it's like it just was so i, I think we all find that a bit right in our families if we take time to look back so do you do you take a lot of time to look back right. and reflect um or, or are you completely future driven um like maybe a little, not very often, you know, um, which I don't section off enough time to meditate. So, you know, maybe, in a maybe in a future me, we will a little <laughs> bit more, but, um, ah, like yes and no. Like, I think that like you can look back at things like once you're an adult, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Once you get like 24, 25, that like prefrontal cortex hardens up a little bit and you're like, you know, a little, a little more into the adult phase, you know, you're feeling good about like kind of who you are and where you're going. Um, you're sure in who you are a little more. Um, I think that you can look back on things and make a little more like logical sense of them, like how you were brought up and maybe why you do certain things a certain way. And, you know, sometimes you have to go back and, adjust that you know what I mean um maybe it could be something like 
you know, you were raised where, uh, I don't know, like I, I was raised somewhat religious. I'm not anymore. Um, and I think coming up in that, in being kind of like a, you know, I don't know. My dad, he always kind of was working a lot anyway. So I feel like my mom was kind of like single mom before even she was, you know? And I think people like at church and stuff like kind of saw that. And, and I think they tried to like help, you know, in their own way by like, I don't know, just like talking to you as a kid and stuff. But like sometimes people don't realize how much they can like influence you, you know, in, in that kind of stuff. So you know, as I got older, I, I realized a lot of things like in, in that, where it was like, man, like things that people said to me really like affected me. And that's not a good thing. Like it is, and it's not, you know, like it can be good if like the circle around you, you trust a hundred percent and, you know, but, but it's not always a good thing. So that was something, you know, like looking back, as I got older and you think on that kind of stuff, you go, man, like I've got it, you know, something will happen to you and you're just like crushed and you have to go back and, and figure out why this is, you know, what was the root of this thing? Like, it doesn't make any sense in my adult life. Like this shouldn't affect me. But then you go back to your childhood and you realize it was, it was something from like a long, long time ago. That's like rooted in you as like almost like a personality trait that you have to go and change, you know? because it's not a good thing. That's interesting that you talk about that because I've been watching, um, especially as people were trying to find their, their methods to cope through, through the COVID of, um, it seemed like different environments are more inviting to you as a whole person and other environments are more judgmental and you only can arrive at that place if you check the right boxes. So, and I've been kind of trying to wrestle with this a little bit with religion and, and not just religion, but the people. And what I've kind of come to the conclusion, the mat seems to be so open and inviting and caring about the whole, whereas maybe some of these other places that we were kind of going to aren't. And I'm kind and, and that's kind of a struggle yeah. in my own head. So, but I hear you kind of touch on that a little bit and I don't know if I'm reading into what you're saying because yeah. of what I've been thinking, but do you find that religion as a whole has to become so deep and personal for yourself? to where you evaluate how you came to know of religion in the first place? Mm. Um, I don't know. That's like, it's like a very deep question. Do you think you can like reword that a little bit? Like, <laughs> I've got really, it. I'm kind like, of wording it for the, oh, it's coming out of my mouth for the first time. So it's kind of in my head all yeah. Yeah, hit me um, well, again. I mean, it's like, okay, we all come to our belief system, no matter what it is, through all those experiences that we have Correct. as a young child, as a teenager, as a young adult, and as a mature adult. And so we have to sort through them and figure out, and if we don't ever stop and look at them, 
and we just apply them across the board, they just mean something different. Um, like the things that are said to you as a child or as a teenager that have impact on you, if you don't unpack those and figure out where they came from, then I guess we're just accepting, yeah. I don't know, Tori, I'm gonna have to work on this question because I, I'm like floundering, but it's, but yeah. it's like, okay, you're, you're digging into things that um, may have been said to you at church through a church leader through it, but, but somebody can say that exact same thing to you in, in a jujitsu world. And it's different. It's like they've, earned the, yeah. the space right. to make you kind of think whereas maybe in our religion they don't yeah i agree i i think i think jujitsu is just i think it i mean like you said it's a lot more welcoming it's a lot more open you know um i think like one of the things for me um growing up like i always felt like everything was like no you can't do this like, this is a no, this is bad. Like, that's like one of the things, like one of the biggest things was just like, everything is bad. Like, that's what I felt like I heard growing up as a kid, like rated R movies are bad. Swear words are bad. Like, you know, violence is bad. Everything's bad. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and so like, I, it just, I don't know. Like, I think I've got like kind of a, like a challenger personality type. And like, I was just like, but why? why is all this stuff bad? Like, why do we have to like shield ourselves from all this stuff? Why can't we just like, I don't know, like see all of it and just kind of evaluate for ourselves. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, I think for a lot of people, jujitsu kind of is like their new religion because it's not religion at all. You know what I mean? Um, like it's just a group of people that are coming in and you know hopefully trying to just like let go and actually be like the truest version of themselves you know which i i think um and i'm not saying that's a hundred percent of people in jujitsu because it's not but you know I, I think for the people who are really trying to get the most out of it you know like like you go there and you are you you know what i mean um like for me at jujitsu you know it's like I talk to people all damn day at the hair salon and then I go to jujitsu and a lot of times I don't talk to anybody, you know what I mean? And I, that sounds weird. Cause like, I'm, I'm a pretty social person. I'm a nice person. You know what I mean? But like, sometimes I just don't want to talk to anybody. And the truth is like, I'm slightly introverted just a little bit, you know? So like some days, like, I don't want to talk. I'm not mad. I just don't want to talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you want to come talk to me, come talk to me. But like, otherwise I might just like stay over here by myself and, do class and be quiet through rolling and yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, like, and I just think that's cool that like people just kind of like accept you as you are. And I think that, you know, uh, probably like what you're seeing or kind of like what, what you're like meditating on is the fact that like religion kind of like says that like come as you are, like wear your jeans, come in, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but then it's not because then they try to change you like a whole bunch. You know what I mean? Like everything about you is wrong. So we've got to fix you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, whereas jujitsu isn't like that at all. Um, it's just like, well, like you just are how you are. And if you want to change, 
if you see stuff as you move along, well, then you'll fix it because you want to, because you want to be better. You know what I mean? So I think like that's probably the huge difference, at least to me from the two, um, is that like there's this group of people who are like actively trying to change you and like they're judging you and criticizing you, um, you know, like on everything that you do. So it's like you're walking on eggshells, whereas at jujitsu, it's just like, ah, man, that guy really goes super hard with everybody. You know, he's got like some issues, whatever, whatever. Like maybe his ego is really big. He's going to get tapped by somebody repeatedly and he's going to go home and look in the mirror and he's going to go, man, what am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? So it's like up to you to kind of figure that out. Now you may have like kind of like a big brother type that like, you know, after some time you get to know people then you know, if like you kind of present it, then they'll kind of like subtly, you know, or, or not subtly, like gently, but honestly tell you the answer to your, they've earned the right, you know, they've earned the right to talk to you. So so what's, what's interesting to me is that, um, yeah, in jujitsu, you can walk in there and, and I I see it from the sideline. So I've not delved into it, but, but watching it from the sideline with my kids, and, and I can see where there is a correct start, a correct starting point, but then you can add or change or depending on how long your legs are, you do it this way or that way. Or you can get this crucifix because you're able to move this way or that way, or, you know, or some people just absolutely lose their, use their weight, whereas there's skill and technique. So it's like you can go bare right. bones and then add. And so I, I, I don't know. I, right. It, to me, it's just interesting because it is allowed, it, it is a place where you can become incredibly vulnerable if you allow yourself to be. Absolutely. And, forced vulnerability because somebody can beat everybody and that's like weird right yeah there's always somebody yeah. bigger and better that's yeah. the saying yeah. <laughs> well it's well, true where do you see yourself headed um i mean it's it's hard to know the variables are endless you know um right now I'm in like this weird spot where it, you know, I, I'm getting my real estate license. I've passed the licensing test and I'm, I'm trying to move more forward into the, you know, investing in houses and stuff like that. But the market is really, really weird right now. So it's not a good time to buy. Um, and you know, I'm still working at the salon five days a week. I mean, I'm juggling a million things. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's something I'm trying to figure out here, but I mean, past, you know, the stuff that's like right in front of me that I'm trying to figure out, you know, I mean, the end game goal for me is like, I want to be retired somewhere between 35 and 40. Now retired means a certain thing for a lot of people. To me, that means I just want to be able to wake up and do what I want. Um, so it's a little different than, you know, people's general meaning of that. Um, So, you know, the goal is get a couple houses, you know, either like pay them off very quickly or have them rented out. I mean, I'm not sure a hundred percent what my strategy is as of yet, because I've read 
and I've learned so many um, that I'll, I think I'll just know it whenever I see it. But, um, you know, I mean, as far as, you know, next, like, five to seven years for me, it's just like working super hard towards that plan where, honestly, I can work less and less at the salon and I have more and more flexibility. And whatever that means, that's what I'm going for. Like, I don't mind working. I'm a super hard worker. I just don't want to be tied to a schedule um, that's not like flexible. Cause that was the whole goal in getting in here. And now it's different because I'm here in Atlanta and, you know, I work at a fantastic salon um, and I make great money, but I'm tied to a schedule and I just I hate that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the end goal. Just slowly, less days at the salon hopefully, and, um, you know, figure out what I want to do in real estate. Um, and then just try to head towards more investments. And, you know, overall, like, I feel like the baseline of things kind of will stay the same. Like I enjoy helping other people, you know, so I think, you know, helping people sell their house will be cool. I think helping people with investing could be cool. Um, I think there's a lot of options. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> Beats me. Um, it'll be, it'll be something yeah, so really stay awesome. Tuned. So. so what would you tell that female yeah. fighter that is either beginning or is in the midst of their career or what kind of um, insight or, or just ex words of experience would you, would you toss their way? Um. I mean, I guess it a hundred percent depends on like what their goal is, but you know, I would say don't do anything half-ass. Um, you know, like if you want to compete in jujitsu or like fight in MMA or any of that stuff, then, you know, you need to apply yourself to it a hundred percent. That's why like, I don't compete currently. I'm trying to go more in a financial and uh, future, um, like benefiting mm -hmm. direction. You know what I mean? Um, I, so I think if that's something that you want to pursue, then, you know, like go for it a hundred percent, you know, I think it's a, it's a tough one to make a living in, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't know about that part yet. We're not there yet on the female side of things. I feel like, um, which is sad, but we're getting there, you know, another 10 years. I think, I think, uh, I think the doors will open a little more, but you know, just train really hard. And if you think you're training hard enough, you're probably not to so train harder. Well, that's a good one. Um, Tori, if you were yeah. given a superpower and you could use it for 24 hours, you can use it personally or professionally. And I can only imagine where you're going to go with this. What would, what oh would your God. superpower be? How would you use it? And why would you choose it? Oh God, that's like super difficult. Um, I don't know because you could do so many bad things with superpowers that could turn into things good. You could be like the Robin Hood of 24 hour superpowers. Um, I don't really know. It's a very good question. I'm not really sure. Probably like something really dorky, like, um, like be able to just absorb like as many books as I can find on Amazon, like within that 24 hour period and like get them for free but also like read all of them and like actually like take it in you know 
probably something weird like that's that. actually exactly where i figured you'd go of absorb all the information yeah. and know how to apply it's about, it. the, it's about knowledge. the knowledge yeah. there you go yes it really is because that's like all i spend like my spare time like i'm on my friends all the time i'm like what do you mean you don't have an audible membership what do you mean you don't have a kindle unlimited membership you should be reading all the time like what are you talking about like they have it they read it to you like most of the times when i say like i read a book i didn't personally read it it read itself to me like, oh two times you know i don't know i just think there's like yes like there's yeah there's no excuse to not like take as much in as you can it's so cool like you think about like even just like i don't know like 30 years ago like we didn't have little computers in our pockets that could read to us like you know and we didn't have people writing books about all the things that you want to know about like so you can skip a lot of you know potential you know errors and get right to the good stuff you know and and a lot of books i mean I mean, there's just stuff out, out there that you just can't even imagine. I read a book the other day on how to pay your mortgage off in five years. And honestly, the strategy sounded really good. And I was so impressed. And it was an hour and a half read. Best $6 of yeah. my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, God, if you want to know anything, there's a book on it. And I just think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. And and it's, it's interesting because um, my mom is um 96 and right before covid um i had siblings that taught her how to um facetime and she had already been using her ipad and being able to check books out of her library on her ipad and without that she would have gone absolutely crazy because for her a book can take her anywhere she can do anything and Absolutely. it keeps her mind really, really sharp. And when I see what it's doing for her at her age and her abilities, oh man, read more, read more, challenge more. Um, yeah. Somebody was complaining about the way a lot of authors are writing now as they're switching the characters within not just the chapter to chapter, but within a chapter and you've got multiple characters that you're keeping up with. And it's like, I'm watching mom, and we better be reading like that because we've got to keep challenging. So, yeah. So I, I think it's fabulous. Um, this has been great. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that, that you would like to make sure that we do? I mean, I feel like you just covered my whole <laughs> life. So <laughs> no, I mean, no. Well, it's been great, Tori. If, and if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how do they, how do they follow along? And then again, give your, um, the ability to order apparel one more time. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is open in public. It's fireball Tori. Um, if you are looking for ever legendary, you can find ever legendary on Instagram at ever legendary and everlegendary.com. Um, if you want to buy, but you can find us on Instagram and I got all the links in, uh, the link tree that you clicked. So, um, yeah, you can even find it on my personal one. There you so. go. Thank you. It's been awesome. Thanks. To the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams going boom, boom, boom. 
find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, cry a little, and find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it. From family to philosophy to work to meal prep toward beautifully surviving life. There's a great big world that I want to see and a whole lot of things that I want to be. All I got to do is count one, two, three.